to Today on Broadway for Monday, October 22nd, 2018. I'm Broadway World's Matt Scaminini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, before we get started, apparently yesterday, the musical Come From Away became the longest running oh, yeah. Canadian musical in Broadway history. Who knew? Um, <laughs> when it played its 675th performance, the record was previously held by the Drowsy Chaperone, which had played 674 performances uh. before closing in 2017. I had to go back and look. I assumed, uh, uh, obviously incorrectly, that Ragtime would have been considered a Canadian musical. It apparently was not It because it, 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 it ran more than 800 performances. I thought that Livent being based in Canada would have made it one, but apparently it was Livent USA that produced it. So I, you know, whatever. I mean... Yeah, everyone knows the history of that. Yeah, it's splitting hairs. (laughs) You know, the show led to charges in Canadian court. But Mm. either way, congratulations to Come From Away. Either way, even if they considered Ragtime a Canadian show, I feel like Come From Away has 200 more shows in it before it closes to eventually pass that one anyway. Um, But moving on, yesterday was Sunday. So you had another episode of This Week on Broadway with Peter and Michael. You guys talked about a whole host of shows, including some that I've seen and some that I'm going to be seeing. Um, You talked about Girl from the North Country. You talked about um, what did Peter decide the name of Is it? Is it? Apologia, Apologia. I, I'm Apologia. so confused. Okay, so yeah, I'm 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 just giving up. I don't know. Uh, but then also uh, talked about Midnight at the Never Get, which I'm going to see here. Um, I did a, a, a little Tell Me More episode with the creator and the star of that that was in the feeds on Saturday. So um, yeah, what's the what stood out to you, James, about the uh, episode on Sunday? Um. Peter really wanted to get the word out on this uh, this show that he saw at, at Fringe uh, here in New York called One Christmas Eve. Um, that uh, is a you know has one uh, performance left coming up this Wednesday, and Peter thought that this is a, a great show for people to take note of. Uh, so uh, you know we all uh, talked about Apologia. And Apologia, uh, whatever. Oh, I, I, I can't get it right. I'm I haven't so seen it, sorry. So I don't yeah, I, <laughs> they they whatever. say it and they talk about it in the show, and they even have a frenetic uh, spelling of it, yeah. so yeah. that we can get it right. And I still, you know, it, it's a mental block I have here. Yeah. So uh, yeah, this week on Broadway, we had a lot of fun uh, talking, and uh, that was great. Cool. Yeah, so let's get into uh, our show proper, and let's talk about uh, Sunday evening was the opening of The Ferryman, and it officially opened on Broadway. Yeah, James, Jez Butterworth's latest play to come to Broadway opened at the Bernard B. Jacobs Theater last night, directed by Sam Mendes. The buzz for this show has been deafening since its premiere in London more than a year ago, and James, according to the critics... It delivered. Matt Winman gave the show four out of four stars for AM New York, writing, quote, when it comes to theatrical flair, Jez Butterworth's explosive The Ferryman has pretty much got it all. Within its three hour plus running time, the stage plays host to a 30 plus member cast, including adorable children and animals and Irish traditions as themes of family tension, sexual heat, divisive politics and betrayal come to climax in an unsparing finale. 
He ends his review writing, quote, many other plays are opening on Broadway this fall, but they are unlikely to match the excitement and finely tuned ensemble acting of the ferryman. Marilyn Stasio writing for Variety said, quote, Glorious is not too strong a word for director Sam Mendez's production of Jez Butterworth's heartbreaker of a play, The Ferryman. Flawless ensemble work by a large and splendid cast adds depth to the characters in this sprawling drama that is at once a domestic calamity and a political tragedy. Finally, David Rooney of The Hollywood Reporter said, quote, This is a mighty play full of magic and poetry, of passionate people forged out of conflicts that rise up from history to shatter the ideals of the present, of disappearances both physical and abstract that cast long shadows of grief, the anonymity handed down across generations, turning boys into hate-filled would-be warriors, and a bittersweet yearning for loves destined to remain forever out of reach. But it's also a work almost bursting with joy and celebration, with dance and song exploding out of fierce cultural identity and with rambunctious humor and eccentricity. Now, James, we've talked about this show uh, a number of times. It is currently playing an open-ended run at the Jacobs. And if reviews do anything, I have a, I have a feeling that people will uh, have a long time to be able to see this show if they can get tickets, which I, I could not for my trip, which was sad. Oh, well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it did have some tremendous buzz here, but um, I don't know. I, I feel as though that plays get... Plays cool off much quicker than, say, the long-running musicals. So hopefully uh, one of your um, trips, maybe later in the spring, you'll be able to get to see it. I'm coming up in January for Broadway Con, so I'm going to try to get plan a little bit further ahead and and do that. But uh, very excited. I, I always am interested when plays opt for the open-ended run, have a cast of 30 plus, and then apparently deliver in a way that makes it seem like it was worthwhile that i mean it doesn't happen very often so apparently this is a one if you can see it uh, get a chance or if you do have a chance to see it make sure you do you know the uh you know the 80s were the invasion of the big uh british musicals uh, maybe we're seeing the invasion of the big British plays, you know, yeah, Harry, Harry Potter, <laughs> Harry Potter, 30 person cast, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Ferryman, 30 person cast. All right. Uh, let's uh, go to the end, other end of the spectrum. Uh, Small American musical Be More Chill has a film in the works. Yeah, the show is coming to Broadway in February. But on Saturday, Deadline reported that Sean Levy and Greg Berlanti would be co-producing a film adaptation of the Joe Iconis musical Be More Chill. While nothing has been been confirmed in terms of a production company or a larger studio, at least both Levy and Berlanti have first look deals with Fox. So that is a likely destination. There aren't many other details, but it does look like a number of big time producers were trying to obtain the rights to the off Broadway musical turning into a Broadway musical. Uh, More on this as it develops. Greg Berlanti was previously announced to be adapting 
uh, Little Shop of Horrors into a movie remake because uh, it had already been a movie at one point. Um, so we'll see if this one gets a little further along than that one has in the last few years. The article also makes note of something that we've talked about before. There's no new news in it, uh, but they did say that it is still ongoing, that there's an auction in place for the rights for the long gestating film release of the original cast performance of Hamilton. The reports in that article are that the figure is currently north of 50 million dollars must be nice well uh, i think that whoever gets that will uh it's sort of like uh almost winning mega millions 1.6 billion <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna win i'm gonna win you're gonna do that if if, if you do that will you still be my friend yeah sure i'll uh I'll, I'll, I'll throw you eighteen dollars. No, no. <laughs> Broadway Radio will be Broadway Radio will be the most heavily uh, funded podcast company this side of Gimlin. Can we crush the people we don't like? I I like everybody, James. Can we crush the people I don't like? <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see if your list uh, how your list overlaps for sure. Okay. Well, I guess until then we can just move on to the next story here. Uh, Oh, uh, Matt, we didn't get many of the lifespan lifespan of a fax reviews uh, last week. So, you know, did Times make it a critic's pick? Uh, Yes, they did. Uh, Yeah, we only had, by the time we recorded on Thursday night, all we had was Matt Winman's uh, review of the lifespan of a fact. But everybody else seemed to be very positive about the show, just as Matt Winman was. Looking at a few of them very briefly, as you suggested, Jesse Green from the New York Times did make the show a critic's pick and wrote, quote, if that's dry, meaning the show, the dryness is in some ways a fascinating choice. There used to be a genre of Broadway comedy meant to be topical, but not emotional. Plays like Take Her, She's Mine, Fair Game, and Norman, Is That You? treated current social issues, the generation gap, divorce, gay liberation, and such, as touchstones for an evening's light entertainment and were welcome as such. So is this one. But the lifespan of a fact clearly wants to be more than that, even if its raw material isn't strong enough for drama. The authors compensate by inflating uh, Diagata's supposed artistry to Didion-like proportions and Fingal's tenacity to mania. Though compression and exaggeration are key writing tools, I'm using them now, Green says, they are perhaps more suspicious in a play about the dangers of compression and, and exaggeration than in the kind of boulevard comedies that the lifespan of a fact otherwise resembles. Sarah Holdren from Vulture made her praise for the show a little more clear, writing, quote, Directed with a light touch and a sense for gradual crescendo by Lee Silverman and constructed with elegance and precision on all fronts by the first all-female design team on Broadway. And then parenthetically, she says, a fact that's half hooray and half what? The lifespan of a fact gives you the satisfying rush of a good mystery or a crossword puzzle. Your brain gets to go to the gym for 90 minutes. But it doesn't get to go home feeling pumped and complacent. Instead, in a way that's both invigorating and unsettling, the show leaves you hanging. It suspends you in that Grand Canyon gap somewhere in the fog between fact and truth, between unimpeachable accuracy and revelatory narrative, and challenges you to find your own way out. Additionally, Adam Friedman or Adam Feldman of Time Out New York gave it four out of five stars. And James, I think this is not nearly the reviews of The Ferryman, but otherwise a pretty positive, uh, pretty positively reviewed show that is, um, you know, with the stars that it has, this should help it continue to do well during its limited run on Broadway. Yeah, totally limited run. Uh, 
locked in the number of seats, it's almost, you know, it, it it's not like uh, people are going to be able to wait on this. So they will totally miss it. Uh, a few things to mention here. Sarah Holdren, how much do we love her? She's the best. I mean, seriously. Great insights She's... in her reviews. Just, you know, if you win that, that Mega Millions thing, uh, can we bring her into Broadway Radio? I, I'll, I'll just give her money. Do whatever yeah, she wants. Whatever she wants. That's awesome. And the other great thing about Lifespan of a Fact that might uh, give it a, a, a plus one with um, uh, Over the Ferryman is the Ferryman is three hours plus plus and uh, Lifespan of a Fact minutes. is 90 minutes, no intermission, 7 p.m. show. These are all beautiful words. Beautiful words. We should make a T-shirt. Broadway Radio. <laughs> 90 minutes. <laughs> We, we've had we, we, we've had this week on Broadways that have gone longer than this show. So. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> All right. What do we have in uh, this week's theatrical schedule? A lot, James. Yes. Okay. We have a lot. It, it, um, this is a lot. Yeah. So I'm just going to run through them. I'm not giving you any synopses of these shows, but I will have a link for all of them in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. So if one of the names of the shows or the people involved intrigues you, look it up. We've talked about all of these before, so none of these are new. Okay. Starting out tonight, the return engagement of Schoolgirls or the African Mean Girls play written by Jocelyn Bio and directed by Rebecca Tashman officially opens at MCC. The run is slated to play off-Broadway through November 25th. Also opening tonight is the new play by Miranda Rose Hall and directed by Margot Bordelon, Plot Points of Our Sexual Development. The show is currently slated to run as part of Lincoln Center's LCT3 season through November 18th. Next, opening on Tuesday is the world premiere of Jacqueline Backhouse's India Pale Ale, directed by Will Davis. The show is scheduled to run off-Broadway through November 18th from the Manhattan Theater Club. Also on Tuesday, two shows beginning previews. First, the Broadway premiere of the new musical The Prom, which will play the Long Acre Theater, featuring a book by Bob Martin and Chad Begellin and a score by Begellin and Matthew Sklar. Casey Nicola directs and choreographs an incredibly talented cast of Broadway favorites, including Brooks Ashmanskis, Beth Level, Christopher Sieber, Caitlin Coonanen, uh, Caitlin Coonanen, and more. Also on uh, Tuesday, Signature's off-Broadway revival of Will Eno's Tom Payne based on Nothing Begins performances, starring Michael C. Hall and directed by Oliver Butler. The show is currently scheduled to play through the 2nd of December. Moving on to Wednesday, performances for the Broadway Center Stage production of Little Shop of Horrors at the Kennedy Center Eisenhower's Theater uh, begins starring Megan Hilty, Josh Radner, James Monroe Eigelhart, Lee Wilkoff, Nick Cordero, Amber Amon, Ama Osei and Allison Sims. Unfortunately, unless they do the right thing and transfer this to Broadway this season, the show will be closing this week, wrapping up on Sunday. Okay, moving to an even more jam-packed Thursday, the original Broadway production of the Waverly Gallery officially opens at the Golden Theater, starring Elaine May, Lucas Hedges, Joan Allen, Michael Sarah, and David Cromer. The play by Kenneth Lonergan is directed by Lila Neugebauer and is currently on sale through January 7th. Very excited to see this one next month. Sticking on Broadway, Thursday also marks the first performance of Mike Birbiglia's The New One at the Court Theater. The transfer of the sold-out off-Broadway production is directed by Seth Barish and is scheduled to run through January 20th, and I have a feeling this one will be filmed. Moving off-Broadway on Thursday, MTC will officially open the New York premiere of Eleanor Burgess's play The Niceties, directed by Kimberly Senor and starring Lisa Baines and Jordan Boatman. The show will play New York City Center through November 18th. 
Then also on Friday, Lincoln Center will begin performances of Tom Stoppard's The Hard Problem, directed by Jack O'Brien. The play, which features a fantastic actress that I'm hoping becomes a, a, a really big star and does a ton of theater, named Adelaide Clemens, is set to run through January 6th. Moving to Friday, off-Broadway, the return engagement of the other Josh Cohen begins performances at the West Side Theater. Directed by Hunter Foster, the show is written by and stars David Rossmer and Steve Rosen and is currently on sale through February 24th. And finally, James, three shows of note will close on Sunday. Desperate Measures at New World Stages, The True starring Edie Falco from The New Group, and Bedlam's Uncle Romeo Vanya Juliet. Hmm. Okay, so uh, take a uh, breather and a glass of water. Okay. You ready? Let's do it, Rockapella. Okay. <laughs> what else do we t- have to talk about today? <laughs> okay, and this one's a little longer, too. So uh, I, there's, a cu- there's a couple things that I wanted to get out before we get you into your Monday. First up, I, I wanted to hit one more set of reviews very quickly, and those are for Gloria, A Life, written by Tony Award nominee Emily Mann and directed by Tony winner Diane Paulus. The show stars Christine Lottie as Gloria Steinman, uh, Steinem and is scheduled to run through January 27th at the Daryl Roth Theater. Jesse Green of the New York Times said, quote, something powerful is happening at the Daryl Roth, Roth Theater in Union Square, but it isn't so much the play that opened there on Thursday night as the audience. What happened next took the raw materials of the play and turned them into thrilling community drama. I'll let you read more about that in his review. Our favorite, Sarah Holdren of Vulture, said, quote, Gloria Alive isn't a straightforward bioplay. It's a unique, deeply moving performance created in the hopeful conversational spirit there's a hint to what Jesse Green was talking about, uh, of its extraordinary subject, an act of looking back in order to look forward, and at least for me, though I think perhaps for many, a vital education. Finally, uh, Elizabeth Ventitelli, writing for The Hollywood Reporter, said, quote, directed in the round by Diane Paulus and put together by an almost entirely female creative team, the production is not as theatrically audacious as its subject was politically daring. What it does is give many audience members a release valve in our tumultuous times. So if this sounds like something that you'd like to see, a show in the round with a big star name like Christine Lottie, uh, head over to the Daryl Roth Theater. And finally, James, last week, Goodspeed Musicals announced that Tony nominee Robert Cuccioli will lead the upcoming production of A Connecticut Christmas Carol to be directed by Hunter Foster. The show is scheduled to run at the Terrace Theater November 30th through December 30th this year. We will have the complete cast list in the show notes. And if you would like more information on any or all of these stories, please check out those said show notes at broadwayradio.com. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt. And my name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow. Tomorrow.